0: Good day to you. Thank you for joining me once again on our Sensational Synergy podcast. This is Laura Lee Smith, and I am the one who's leading the way in this conversation about how we can be sensational while we synergize to bring the world great things. And so today I have the hot topic of a new role in my life as being a consultant and an educator in a new way. And the topic today for our podcast is called the other side of the table. And I wanna tell you that this topic is gonna come straight from the heart. I have totally, absolutely planned my thoughts and I have actively like engaged in research, but I am just going to share with you some pure reflection. And I just have to say, I think it's so important for you as being a parent, being an educator, and especially if you are a parent of a special education child. I'm going to speak to you in seeking to understand how the system is designed and how you can advocate in your favor. Now, this comes from the starting point of Today, I had the honor of watching a documentary um, called Forget Me Not, and I will tag on this post or for this podcast, the production of this, because it was so moving. It speaks of just the systemic design of how we really advocate or how we actually create equity or intentional, try to create equity for the diverse needs of our neurodiverse community. And it was so impactful to see a mom who was once a special education teacher who then had a child with Down syndrome and how she had to go through or what she has gone through to meet the needs of her child. She wanted all the opportunity for him and she had to kind of go against a system that is not in favor of creating inclusion. And it is so mind-blowing to me to understand that intention of inclusion may be a part of our heart where we want to have everyone feel as if they belong as part of a community, yet the capacity to actually create that is a lot of unlearning and a lot of undoing. And I say this because the systems are still for education designed for the norm. They are designed to meet the needs of the midline. And I have to completely advocate and uh, speak out as an educator myself who has also a child with special needs is I was not trained in my teacher education program how to specifically meet the special needs of the children in my classroom. Those were the individuals that got the special education endorsement. Yet, I still feel like that does not build the skill capacity to really design a general education classroom around inclusive practices authentically because the diversity is so rich and the expertise is so dense, but it's completely possible. And I just was so humbled to experience this documentary from the perspective of a mom who totally vulnerably shared the authentic process of, um, choosing the school or the school design that would best fit her down syndrome child. She was having to toy between the idea of, do I want him in a in. Incl- Inclusive classroom, meaning, again, let me clarify what inclusive classroom looks like is a general ed classroom with what's also called the least restric- restrictive environment amongst all students with supports um, or having it in a completely special needs, isolated, just it's called a she called it a 12 and a 12 which there's 12 students with one teacher and it's specially designed instruction in that environment and separate from the general education, um, population. She was trying to figure out what was best suited for her child. And mind you, again, I want to go back to the fact that she was a special needs teacher and this just really stirred in my heart because I've been on both sides of the table. I have been on the side of the table where um, I was amongst the team of an individual education plan, which is an IEP for a student that I've had or have, I mean, multiple IEP meetings on that side of the table of learning what my responsibilities were as a teacher to provide the structure and support for that student and or be pretty much told what I need to do. I'm gonna say that very directly, told what I need to do, and um, have that presented in front of me and the parents at the same time. Um, Then I've also been on the other side of the table where I've been the parent receiving the individual education plan and its design and its implementation. And the thing that is very pure and true the emotion and the energy is very different on the other on either side of the table. And this is where I have a call to action. And the call to action is for both parties here. I feel that I can speak to the educators. And I'm going to start with the educators and it seems that I always do because educators, you have the right to contribute to that conversation because that student is in your class. You have the right also to speak to the administration and the specialist and be able to say, I'm not exactly sure what this accommodation looks like. You can say that you don't know how to implement that effectively because it should be the responsibility of the administration to support you, develop your skill to be able to intentionally and effectively meet that accommodation and need. And because I hope that you would be able to feel comfortable in saying, I want to do my best to meet that need. Now, also educators, I want you to be informed about how to support and advocate for your child. Because unfortunately, the system is designed in the, I don't think we can support that because we don't have the finances or we don't have the people to be able to provide that support. And this is where I say to you, get to know the law for this because accommodations in an individual educational plan has to be supported no matter what. It is the law. So I have to say to you, just advocate based on what you can advocate for. And knowledge is power for that. I also want you to hear the parents. I want you to listen to the parents because the parents have, I'm sorry, the guardians and the parents or the people that spend the most time with that child at home know them best. And so they're the ones taking them to the doctor's appointments. They're the ones who have advocated from the beginning, just listen to their needs and adjustments and advocacies. So I have to speak to that because I, again, being on the that side of the table of being a teacher, it was a lot of, uh-huh, okay, I will, I love, I care, I, I'm gonna support because you have the heart. I know you have the heart because you love your kids but you gotta do it right. So be unafraid of speaking up because again, there's a lot of undoing to the system and the structure that's put in place for our special needs children. So that's what I say to you. Now, parents, this is where I also speak to you from the bottom of my heart. I know your job raising your beautiful child is interwoven into your whole being. And I know that you have to make some very hard decisions and you have to do a lot of, I'm going to say it, business work to advocate and support your child. And what I mean by that is I hear you making all of the appointments, making all of the calls, going to all of the meetings and doing more for your child than many may understand. And I have to just cheer for you and say, I know this is hard work, but I know it's right. I know what you are doing is the right thing. This is where I also invite you strongheartedly to also advocate for systemic change. And I call for you to say that the system of noticing all of these potentials, um, by leaning in to support all of these lagging skills, you gotta, or there's gotta be, um, support to that and a lot of intentional learning and accountability. And I encourage you to be a positive advocate for your child continuously, as well as to advocate for accountability to that. And I don't, I don't want to invite conflict for you. And I have to already say that I know that this is hard because it does kind of make you feel like you're in a conflict situation. Um, but be remembering of be remembering of is what I'm saying here. Your child deserves the least restrictive environment. Your child deserves to have the support that they need. And you by golly, your advocacy is not just in support to your child's success it's supporting systemic success so i loudly encourage you to believe in yourself believe in the capacity of your child and just know that they have a beautiful world ahead of them with your support and advocacy and don't give up And this is where it comes back down to the full circle thing here of truly what sensational synergy is. This is a prime example of what sensational synergy is, is building that bridge between the general ed teacher that yes, you may need a a little or a lot more support to be intentional about meeting the neurodiversity or neurodivergent kids in your classroom, Um, and the administration that's trying to lawfully implement these things that are, you know, the laws that they must reinforce, um, supporting them be able to have some adaptability and flexibility so they can build a rich system to meet all of the needs of the children in their community, Um, and the parents and i have to say that just building that bridge to be able to know that we are providing equity for our children with intentional systemic design and shifting and undoing is going to be impactful for now and forevermore yes it's going to be hard work coupled with heart work but i believe that we can have sensational outcomes when we synergize together to put our intentions with our institutions and with our law implementations. So, that is my wholehearted just speak out today that I just say we can we need to have sensational synergy to uh, create systemic change and to create opportunity for all students. So, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you have a sensational day and may you find great opportunities to synergize between now and then. All right, take care. I'm sounding off. Bye for now.